Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Alex Chester with me as always is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? Going great. Uh, I'm excited for uh, only the fourth Cavs Warriors NBA Finals of 2015. <laughs> were you uh, were you rooting for Houston or Golden State last night? I mean, you were sleepy, but if you had actually been watching, um, you know, I, Houston, Houston. I'm sick of the Warriors, and I thought it would be a more interesting series. Like Houston would have games like yesterday, where they would just miss a million threes. One thing that really like yesterday. Uh, So five thirty eight, five thirty eight did an analysis today. They looked at every single shot, where it was taken, who took it, and the odds of them missing twenty five straight threes was one in seventy three thousand. Someone posted uh, all twenty seven misses in a row to the curb music, and I have to say there were about four open threes in there. I mean, Harden took about five, and Gordon took about five with like. Durant in their face, like a you know a six eleven guy in their face. No, again, that's it's, why all of them are not. You know, most of them were terrible shots. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, again, they still should have hit some of them though. Yeah, obviously there was a couple open corner threes, but I I, I think sometimes in the playoffs you have to like go against what you did in the regular season and uh, you know uh, mix it up a little bit. That's what Popovich has always done, and Brad Stevens did that this this year also. Like, you know, people have a hundred games of what you've done on tape by the time you get to the conference finals. So, for the Rockets to just like, all right, we're going to shoot forty threes when we could easily win if we just drive to the basket. You know, at a certain point, you have to realize. I mean, they are who they are. I, my issue was, first of all, I thought the refs uh, did them a little dirty in the first half. Harden had those three consecutive threes. The first two, he was clearly fouled, and then the third one it was clearly continuation. On the first two, of course, they called nothing, and so Houston got nothing. And on the third one, when he hit it, they called the foul before the shot. And so instead of a four-point play, they ended up scoring two on that possession. But basically, those are three possessions where Houston scored ten points, and they were only given two points. And that right there is sort of the difference in the game. And I acknowledge it's ugly basketball that every time you you know touch Harden's arm behind the three-point uh, you know line, he immediately hoists it up. But that's what he does. You know, it might not be pretty, but it's smart basketball. And for the refs just to decide, well, we're not going to call it there when, it, you know, objectively it's a foul was, was frustrating for Houston, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, look, I, I was on your side. I was rooting for Houston also. Golden State is objectively a much prettier brand of basketball, but I'm a little bored of them. I wanted to see somebody new. I wanted Chris Paul to get a chance at a title. And also, as you said, I think LeBron would have a better chance against the banked up Houston. You know, the, he has no chance. There's no chance of no Cleveland. Chance. They could win a game, it, but that's it. If, if they win a game, that's impressive by LeBron. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, what, no, what I he's agree. done 
it's incredible that you know this series for Boston against Boston was his worst series of the playoffs, and it was still something we've never seen anybody else do. Like the level he's on right now is just laughable. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'm sick of talking about this. Let's talk about some other things. Well, what okay, else so... is going on in sports that are that's interesting? Yeah. Well, this is even more into the thing you're sick of then. I am, um, you know, I've complained to you both on and off the podcast. It really annoys me in the way in America, the way we accumulate stats in professional sports is we separate the playoffs from the regular season. It, it mm-hmm. makes no sense. It's completely illogical. Uh, you know, and then when you do your all-time rankings, then you're only, you know, you're only looking at the regular season numbers and then it, it's just really dumb. You know, every time I go to Yankee Stadium and I see these morons wearing shirts from like Derek Jeter's 3,000th hit, I want to go up to them and say, you idiot, Derek Jeter's hit was 3,000th hit was two years earlier, actually. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me, and so oh, you would as, really smoke them there if you did that. You should do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm complimenting them. Jeter had many more hits than you think he did, fool. Um, yeah, but for some reason we're not going to include the the hits he had in the most important games of the season. Um, and every argument against it is stupid and wrong. Like, oh, but then some guys have more playoffs than others. That's not fair. Yeah, that's how it works in sports. Some teams have are better than others, and so there's many advantages to go to those players. They have more opportunities. You know, in baseball, for example, they're protected in the lineup. You know, I mean, yes, sports are. Oh, well, nowadays there's more sports than uh, more playoffs rounds than there were then, and so like the numbers can't compare from era to era. Again, true in all respects. Back then, they had played fewer regular season games. Back then, they didn't have the same health and surgery and, and training opportunities to come back from injury. I mean. Anyway, um, so one consequence of this is that when I do my all-time rankings, as I said, it's only looking at regular season numbers because there's no way to easily accumulate regular season and playoff numbers combined. So what I've done uh, over the last week is I made a new chart. I ranked every single NBA player in uh, in history strictly by their playoff performance. Mm. And I really dove deep. Like I looked at the combined box score for every single uh, playoff series in NBA history. So I really went into this very hard. And, um, and, I, and I have my rankings from 1 to 250. So I'm very excited about that. All right, so post them in the group. <laughs> I guess oh no, no, no. I'm t- you could. Oh no, you could yeah. talk about it. I'm saying post the two. We're not oh. going to go through all 250. Yeah. Just post that. Oh, by the way, I, I lied. Um, it's only uh, 203, not 250. Well, it's a fake list to me then. Yeah, there were there were more there were more na- numbers, uh, more names on the list, and I sort of deleted them for you know not be good enough basically as I was going through. Yeah. So well, okay. So well, the big takeaway at the top. So the, the big takeaway at the top was the fact that um, LeBron is number one. Yeah. Best playoff <laughs> performer ever. Yeah. Um, MJ's no number debate. Two. Yeah. I just the, – the basic difference is their, their stats are very, very, very similar. Well, LeBron, we're getting to the point where LeBron has more seasons of yeah, everything than, exactly. than Jordan. Now, exactly. he missed the playoffs his first two seasons, but exactly. he's still MJ has, MJ has 40 win shares in the playoffs. LeBron has 50 because MJ played 179 games. LeBron's played 233. So, when you you know, the extra 50 games, that's, you know, like a, that's basically the difference between them because their numbers are almost identical. Their efficiency, their mm-hmm. PER, their true shooting percentage, these, their win shares per 48, the numbers are, are eerily close to each other. Uh, LeBron uh, has six uh, Chester playoff MVPs this year. He's going to get a seventh, obviously, and Jordan has eight. So Jordan still has one more than LeBron, um, and obviously Jordan has three more titles. What if but, what uh, if LeBron goes like 42, 14, and 12 in the finals, but they lose in five? Does he get the MVP? No, right? The the, the finals MVP? The, the, the award? Like yeah. the actual? Yeah, no, he won't because award. in 2015, they gave it to Andre Iguodala, who scored like 15 points a game instead of LeBron, right? Right. right. So, I, if they lost in seven, then LeBron could definitely get it. They've already decided for some idiotic reason they will not give it to a loser. I mean, Jerry West once got it for the losing team. But, you know, look, I, I, in my chart, I don't even have a copy. Duncan was literally named uh, Finals MVP in 2013. 
uh, then he managed. They didn't give it to him because he managed. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't so I, well. So speaking of Duncan, so I have Duncan number four on this list. So you know, he in my overall rankings, he's the seventh best NBA player of all time. But in the playoffs, he's the fourth best. And um, I ha- I have him with four uh, Chester playoff MVPs. He doesn't have thirteen because LeBron has won the last six in a row. But you know, but he obviously won the year that Tony Parker stole the Finals MVP from him. Mm-hmm. So do you want to hear just my top ten? Uh, quickly, yeah. Okay, so it's LeBron number one, Jordan two, Magic Johnson three, Duncan four, Shaq five, Kareem six, Bill Russell seven, Will Chamberlain eight, which is a drop from in my overall I had him at uh, number two, but you know he uh well, actually number three now I guess LeBron's moved past him. Uh, Kobe moves up to number nine, and uh, Hakeem is number ten. Larry Bird is eleven, just outside the top ten. George Mike and twelve, and it goes on from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my beloved Kevin and Garnett. And Burnett's what seventy fifth? No, he's twenty one. Okay. Uh, you know, outside the top twenty, sadly, but I have Scottie Pippen ahead of him. Again, it's it's a numbers game. Scottie Pippen played sixty five more playoff games than uh, than Kevin Garnett did. Do you remember when uh, Michael Jordan took two years off, but really just took one year off, right? Because the second year he, he came back for seven. Yeah, everybody playoffs. ignores that. By the way, exactly. Ninety five. He played in the regular season. The end of the year, he played in yeah. the playoffs. They lost. The right, second he was round fresh the by the playoffs. Yeah, people, people like Bulls fans and and Jordan, like you know, filators, uh, just like to ignore the fact like he got beat by a better team. But do you remember in 94 when they replaced him with a white guy at shooting guard and still won 50 games? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Imagine that, if you that's, replaced LeBron with like a white well, that, guy it's, named Pete and, Exactly. And the Jordan-LeBron thing, it's a little bit like the, the Brady versus Peyton Manning thing. You take Brady away from the Pats, they still have the Hall of Fame coach. They still have, you know, they're still going to win 11 games. Uh, you take uh, Peyton Manning away from the Colts, they go 2-14. and 14. And uh, yeah, you take, you take LeBron off this Cavs team. They're the worst team in the NBA. Yeah, I don't think they win. I, I think they have the number one pick in the draft. Like, I like. Yeah. I think they win eight games and lose seventy four games or something. By like the that. way, if Jordan, yeah. maybe you know, people talk about where should LeBron go? Should he go to Philly? Should he go to Houston? Should he go to L A? What should he do? Ooh, cuck MJ and go to the Bulls. Well, <laughs> Is that what you're no, I was gonna say pull a David Robinson or a Michael Jordan, take a year off. The Cavs will yeah. be atrocious. They'll get the number one pick. And then come back in the way Robinson comes back the next year. He gets the rest he needs because he's played 100 games this year. He hasn't rested all season, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, what, are they going to criticize him for that? Jordan took off two years. LeBron can't take off one. <laughs> Interesting. Or he could do what he did last time, which is go to another team for a year, let, let Cleveland get the number one pick, and then come back once they have the – right? <laughs> I mean, that's basically what he, he did when he went to Miami. Mm-hmm. No, that's basically what he did when he went to Miami, right? They got the number one pick. They took Kyrie. They got another one pick. Which was Andrew Bennett, you know, who was garbage, and they got another another one pick, and they traded that for Kevin Love. So <laughs> he was gone, and they won three straight number one picks. So it was, it was pretty a good absence uh, from Cleveland, uh, from from the Cavs for uh, for Cleveland for LeBron. All right. Anyway, what is this? What else basketball? do we have to talk about? You you, you stopped being interested in basketball the moment Kawhi went down this season. Yeah, I'm not. I didn't stop. By the way, it looks like Kawhi is is going to stay with the Spurs right now. That seems to be what the, all the media is is uh, guessing at. I just had a meeting at work this morning where uh, one of the partners theorized that LeBron could go to the Spurs. <laughs> I mean, it would be know. so crazy. <laughs> I would, it would obviously be the best day of my life if LeBron yeah. went to the Spurs, without question. Move over yeah. all four children being born. And, and, you know, the, well, the, the other partner born. said Minnesota, which is when I realized these guys were not exactly talking with inside. Oh, they were just guessing. I don't think, I don't think he's going to the Spurs. Well, I don't think I, it's so funny. Goals. Like there was, uh, there was like, what do you want the Spurs to do on like the Spurs Reddit? Spurs don't have any good beat writers. That it's very hard to be a Spurs fan. There's very little. There's a couple of decent Spurs blogs, but there's very, very little good Spurs content compared to the Mets or the Jets. Um, 
And so everyone was like, well, we could trade Patty Mills. Yeah, okay, you're going to trade Patty Mills three-year, $40 million contract to clear up space? I'm sure everyone's knocking down your door for a 31-year-old, <laughs> a six-foot point guard who stopped yeah. hitting threes two years ago. Like, Danny Green, like, well, hopefully Danny Green will opt out of his $10 million option. No, Danny Green is not turning down free $10 million next year to be, like, the you know the 15th man on the Cavs. Um all right, new story. Let's move away from basketball for a second. Uh, did you hear about this? Levan uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif, the Chiefs guard. Did you hear about this? The Chiefs guard? Yeah, no. he's a very highly paid guard for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is Canadian, and today he became a doctor. When they Not drafted him, he was already like most of the way through medical school, and he's been doing it every summer, and he's like an actual doctor. He was making $40 million in the NFL. Congratulations. That's Isn't that strange? Like, I, I feel like there would have been a lot of articles about him. It's so weird. I've never even heard of him, and he's, and he's like one of the highest paid guys on the Chiefs. Almost seems uh, fake. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, that's impressive. But it's weird. Yeah. He went to McGill, and he's a doctor. I'm glad this is what you had to interrupt my uh, important playoff talk for. I was done with basketball. Um, uh, other, other things. How are you feeling about the Twins right now? Uh, I mean, everybody's injured, and uh, they uh, cannot hit a clutch shot, uh, make it a clutch hit for their lives. So, you know, Cleveland has been garbage, which is the only reason they're sticking around, but they have no chance of making the playoffs. If you – we were, like, mocking all the guys we got – our teams got for so cheap. Like, you, you got Lance Lynn and Logan Morrison, and we got Jason Vargas, and those guys shouldn't have even – aren't even playing, f- like, for, like, the veteran minimum right now. They're not even, you know, uh, worth that. Jason Vargas has like a 14 ERA. Logan Morrison is like a you know has like a negative eight WAR so far. Lynn is useless. All no, those guys who get signed. He's pitched decently the last couple weeks when he realized he was once. I mean, his ERA is still like six and a half. Yeah, well, it was Not like great. eight and a half. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, the Mets had a had a nightmare loss yesterday where they gave up. Uh, they they you know their their bullpen is you know going a million innings a day because other than Jacob Degrom who has allowed basically two runs in his last seven starts and not one. Uh, every, all their starting pitchers go four innings, which makes it very hard, especially for an NL team. So they went into yeah. yesterday with a double with a, a double header and didn't use their closer in the first game. Their Seth Lugo, who should be a starter, blew the game. And then it looked like the season would end in the night in the nightcap, which ended. I was up. It ended at like uh, eight, you know, at one thirty Eastern time. Uh, but thank, so you'll stay up to watch game. a crappy Mets regular season game, but you won't stay up. Well, I woke up. It was already like 8.30. I, you know, I woke oh, up early at 8.30 today. Okay. Um, but the Mets are, have still not been under 500 this season. Yeah, well, I like what Eric Binnenfeld said. I, I thought it was insane before the season when the Mets over-under was like 80.5. I thought the under for that was the biggest lock. And you and Rob were on the other side. And as Eric says, I'm still struggling to understand how making very few upgrades to a terrible baseball team didn't result in a very good baseball team. It's it's true, except Syndergaard didn't pitch last year, and he's pitching this year. So they okay. literally added an ace. They have two okay. top five pitchers in baseball. Okay, so you so let's say you add another five or six more, assuming you know he has a you know typical elite season from mm-hmm. what they had last year. Okay, so right. that that's five or six wins. Where are you getting the they other? They made you know? they made some adjustments to the bullpen. They aren't working out. You know, they thought Vargas would be like a very solid. Well, they they their, their best their best player in the bullpen, or at least co best, along with Familio, Addison Reed went to the Twins. Yeah, well, no, yeah, I mean they replaced him with AJ Ramos, who has like a twelve ERA and is on the DL now. Yeah, uh, it's it's a mess. 
there's no reason even Harold who's optimistic I was just talking to him is is like all right they're gonna be bad for like five years because the Phillies and the Braves have passed them yeah uh I could not be more bored than talking about the Mets right now so it's let's, funny because I don't think NL people are snobs about the AL but AL people never want to hear one word about the NL well, first of all, I will acknowledge because you call me you're calling me a snob. Like the NL is objectively better baseball. Like the DH and everything. Like the AL is dumb. I don't disagree. Yeah, with AL is that. dumb. Yeah, it's just AL that dumb. it's not it's not relevant to me what's going on over there, right? The Twins are going to play these teams once the whole season. Or, you know, right. once and you're not going to see season. them in the World Series. That's for sure. <laughs> that's that's. Certain. I mean, the Twins are not going to the World Series. They're not going to play the Mets in their next World Series. Yeah. So those are both uh, true statements. All right. So let's talk about. So last week on the podcast, uh, we had a great guest. We. Uh, discussed and ranked all 214 uh, artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And uh, we got some great feedback from the episode. And the biggest thing a lot of people wanted to ask us or wanted to talk, hear from us is what about all the bands and artists that are not on the Hall of Fame? Yeah, you know, one of the things, Bill was a great guest. People really, uh, he, he people liked or didn't like what he had to say, but he had he had a lot of interesting points. And the article yeah. that he we were talking about was, was really fantastic. Um, but one thing that, we really noticed is he was very anti any band that started after like 1980. You know, he hammered you too. He was very rough on Pearl Jam and Metallica. He, uh, you know, he, you know, he destroyed Queen and Bon Jovi. Uh, I guess the doors were too new to him because he de- he demolished the doors. Uh, but the guest we're going to have on now is uh, a little bit younger and I think more accepting of more modern bands. I also think, and I've had this argument before, but everyone acknowledges, right, that TV is better um, in 2018 than it was in 1978. And I think movies are better, too. Like, maybe the best movie in 1978 was better than the best movie, but, like, there's way more good movies now than then. But every, but it's, it's the, the consensus opinion that there's better music in 1968, 1978 than 2018. But to me, that's not true. Like, there's obviously no band like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones that has 40 radio hits, but... There's more good. There's more good music coming out every month in 2018 than the whole decade of the 70s. You just have to know where to find it. There's so much yeah, I mean, more music uh, being made. No, that's a hot take. In a month and a whole decade. I mean, look, most most people, first of all, would say that the 70s were much better for movies than the modern era. Now, you can say the gross total number of good movies is more now, just because there's more of everything, and that's certainly the case, right? Mm-hmm. But yes. and, and, but this comes back to kind of what I said last time, which is it might be that there's a lot of good music out now. I just I just don't need it. I'm not, I'm, I don't well, you do need it. You just don't like. You should stop making charts and listen to more music. <laughs> um, uh, Nina Stoddard had a really good idea, which is we should rank uh, like the worst people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, that, there's a lot of bad people in the Hall of Fame, which is why it's crazy. You know, one thing that both Bill and you were a little consistent with was how you punish people for their badness of person. I mean, you put Michael Jackson it's true. fourteen. Yeah, yeah, well, you're famously pro-child molestation, and I'm against it. The Here's the thing. I mean, I said this. Like, if there's a bad guy in Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin, like, that doesn't mean the whole band is bad. But if your name yeah. is Michael Jackson and you're bad, like, it's hard to work around that. Yeah. And it's also like, will I, can I listen to your music without vomiting? That's sort of my metric. But I agree it's yeah. inconsistent. That's why we should do that list one day. Like, you know, yeah. I, I didn't realize how bad of a guy Jerry Lee Lewis was until you read, like, the 40... Ooh. Like I mean, his, like the, his Don't Wikipedia ruin Jerry Lee Lewis for me. All right. Okay, oh so let's gosh. let's get let's get to our guest. How about that? <laughs> like you ruined many of his wives' lives by ending it. Um, <laughs> All right, I'll go read that Wikipedia page. All right, can we yeah, get to the guest? Lit. It's crazy. Yeah, let's get to the guest. Okay, Keith. So let's bring an expert on now to talk about uh, you know some of the best bands and artists of all time who are not in the Hall of Fame. I have to say, it's annoying for me as a Vikings fan that my 
probably my two favorite uh, music critics are uh, one is is uh, from North Dakota but hates the Vikings and the other is from Wisconsin and is even worse as a Packers fan but uh, we have the latter on now so uh, wel- welcome to the podcast uh, Stephen Hyden a uh, not just a Packers fan but a music critic for for Uproxx the Ringer a lot of places uh, uh, latest uh, book I think is Twilight of the Gods a journey to the end of classic rock so Steve welcome to 32 fans how are you I'm good how are you guys Thanks for coming on, Stephen. Thank you. So I guess I think he, the first question we want to ask Stephen is uh, just so we sort of see what where sort of your musical taste is is focused. What if you were sort of putting together? I think like Akib was talking about earlier, a Mount Rushmore of, of of bands or of artists. So who would you say are sort of, in your opinion, the ones who would who would go up on that Mount Rushmore? Oh man, I don't know. It's hard to pick. Like just I guess we're talking four or five artists or so. I guess it depends on like what you mean. Like, are we talking like the most influential? Are we talking my favorite? We're thinking like it's almost like if you, rebuilding, if you were rebuilding. If you were rebuilt, so the Baseball Hall of Fame didn't exist for many years of uh, Major League Baseball's existence, and then they're like, hey, let's have a Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, and then they have to start with every every player ever, and basically, uh, you know, start with five a year, and and very gradually put in all the legends to the point where, you know, there were absolutely iconic guys who weren't in for a few years. So basically, if you were doing that, it's your own standards, but who can, you know, who could you not open up that first year and put in, you know, these five artists, which, which well, five would be absolutely inexcusable to forget? Well, I mean, I think like the, the people who are obvious to get in, again, they're obvious. So, I mean, you, you would say like Chuck Berry, you would say uh, like Buddy Holly. I mean, there's all like the, there's all like the sort of, original 50s people that uh kind of set the tone for everything and then you got like the beatles and the stones and then maybe led zeppelin and of course there's springsteen later on i mean i feel like when we talk about this stuff the obvious people isn't really where the debate is it's like where we're at now where the hall of fame has been around for like 20 some years i guess it's like 30 years now and we're getting into a situation like where we're talking about bands like the cars, like does the cars deserve to be, you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's this, it's like once you get past the obvious stuff, cause it's like a no brainer, obviously like the Beatles deserve to be in, you know, like no one's going to argue that the Beatles don't deserve to be in the rock and roll hall of fame, but it's like the moody blues, you know, like do mm-hmm. they deserve to be in, you know, it, that's when I think these arguments really start to happen and it's also when you get past the sort of foundational people you know because again like we all know chuck berry's important but once we get into the 80s and 90s that's when you start to see this sort of separation happening like where like bon jovi gets in u2 rem they get in but then like sonic youth the replacements husker du all of these great american indie rock bands like aren't even really considered and that's when you really start to see like what that institution values, you know, mm-hmm. and it seems like they put a disproportionate amount of, of emphasis on like commercial performance. There's also this weird Rolling Stone thing. Like if you were in with Rolling Stone for a long time, then you get in. It's, it's really kind of bizarre. To me, one of the things is, I don't know what the first Hall of Fame was, whether it was the Baseball Hall of Fame or what it was 100 years ago. But because that's sort of the accepted term for these designations of greatest in, in various you know industries or genres or whatever, so that's the term we use. But fame isn't necessarily the right term. Like, you know, in a sports context, for example, there might be players who are very famous but weren't particularly good for one reason or another. Like and Tim I guess it, it, 
Yeah, so he might belong in the Hall of Fame if it's, you know, if we're taking the word fame literally. And I think that's the challenge with music because, you know, it's much harder to objectively say that an artist is good, right? I mean, maybe maybe it's easier to say that an, that an artist is influential, right? Because that's something that hopefully people can agree to a little bit more. But fame is more objective, but then you have the issue, like you said, where you stick a bunch of, like, really commercial bands in. And, you know, I don't think anybody would say, and I shouldn't say that because I know people on Twitter uh, said this just yesterday, but I don't think anybody would say Bon Jovi's the best band ever, but, like, they are a really famous band who's, you know, been playing for 30 years, and it's sort of like, and, and, and not just that, but is, you know, can still sell out, you know, a concert, uh, you know, a stadium even. So, you know, but, so it is sort of hard, like, how do we define fame? And, like, why are you, why, I mean, obviously the idea of a musical hall of fame in the first place is, is kind of silly, but I think especially because it has the word fame in it, it sort of, it trips us up, because as you said, you know, there's an indie band that might be, you know, music critics or, or, or people who really love music might like them a lot more, but if, yeah, but if they don't have a lot of, you know, platinum records, then, you know, are they quote-unquote famous? Yeah, I mean, the, the obvious difference between sports and, and music or art is that in sports there's really only one way to be good. Like, if you have 3,000 hits, like, you're going to get into the Hall of Fame. Like, we've, we, that's sort of the unofficial criteria, like, if you're a hitter. Or if you get 300 wins as a pitcher, you know, you're going to get into the Hall of Fame. And there's this idea that, like, the people that are really good and that win a lot, those are also the most important people. So, like, you can tell the history of a sport by focusing on the most successful people you know, who did their job the best. And it's a very easy thing to quantify. Whereas in art, obviously, there's many different ways that you can be good. You can be good in the sense that people connected with you, the, you know, the popular consciousness, you know, you're part of that and people bought all your records. You can also be good because um, maybe you created art that didn't sell in the moment, but it ended up being impactful over the long haul. Um, you could be good just because you were totally unique and maybe most people didn't get you but there's this sort of critical establishment that recognizes what you did was great and then you're recognized as great in that way. You know, the problem that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has always faced is that it's very hard to define what it is in many different ways. You know, should it weigh commercial performance greater than artistic legacy or should artistic legacy better, be better than commercial performance? Should it focus on rock and roll or is this more of like a museum honoring popular music from the beginning of the rock era. Is this um, a museum that sort of anoints the artists who were the best? Or is it a history of popular music? Because like, if it's a history museum, I think you can justify Bon Jovi getting in. Because Bon Jovi is a very important band in the history of rock. I mean, they... In terms like, it's certainly in the 80s, they were one of the critical bands that sort of transitioned. They basically took metal and made it pop music by eliminating any kind of bluesy influence at all. You know, they were a band influenced by 70s rock and by like Bruce Springsteen, whereas a band like Guns N' Roses was more connected to like sort of the old time hard rock band. There's like still a little bit of blues in what they're doing. You, know, you could draw a line between them and the Rolling Stones much more than you could between Bon Jovi and the Rolling Stones. So if you want to make that case, I think that is the case to put them in. Whereas if it's a museum that honors the best, which is what I think a lot of people believe it is, then they maybe don't have as good of a case. You know, There's a lot of people who would say that they're not even close to being I one of the best bands of their era. 
but you know, I don't know. It's just hard. I think everyone has a different idea of what this thing is supposed to be, and that's why people end up mm. never being satisfied with it. Is Bon Jovi your example of the least deserving band, like uh, off the top of your head, that's in the entire hall of the two hundred plus musical artists? No, I mean I don't know. I, because again, I I think that they're you know, whatever you want to say about their artistic legacy or whatever, I do think that they're an important band. If you want to write the history of, of rock music, you have to talk about Bon Jovi, you know, whether you like them or not. Like they Could are you write important. it without Hole and Oates? Could you write the history without Hole and Oates? Again, maybe you could, although I think they're an interesting band because in, ter- in terms of like Blue Eyed Soul, which ends, which ends up being like a huge part of pop music. I mean, they're, they're, they're a pivotal group. I mean... If you, without them, do you have like Justin Timberlake? Do you have uh, any number of like white guys singing black music, basically? Like they were sort of like, I mean, they came from Philadelphia. They had close ties to like the soul music that was being made in Philly at that time in the 70s, going into the 80s. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, thinking about like least deserving, um, I'm, I would, what was the number, what was the least deserving on that? vulture list i didn't read that list well, he had bon jovi dead last really yes uh and he, and he and he's basically he really skewed pure... against um against the modern bands like he really other than nirvana i'd say any band that that had its heyday in the 90s was very underranked compared to you know if 10 of us got together and and sort of did a cumulative rankings so he's basing it purely on his own musical taste, basically. Like he's saying, well, I, like, I don't. He, I, I he don't said think Bon Jovi is not a real band. He said they have no value. They're not. They're not. They're like a a a great job of like a, a pretend sort of. Uh, he 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 says. Uh, well, that's obviously a subjective. In, in, right. He says they're not in a rock band. I mean, it's it's a long article. He can't just you know. He, he's got to give a few takes in there. He said they're the guys in the movie about a rock band. Well, you know, and, and 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 that's fine. I mean, and like, look, I'm not. I don't want to be the Bon Jovi defender here, but the fact <laughs> of the matter is, is that they are a real band to like yeah. tens of millions of people, and they did influence a lot of things. Now, you may say that it's they had a bad influence, <laughs> you know, but like living on a prayer, that song means something to like a lot of people. Yes. So, yes. so you know, again, like if the Rock and Hall of Fame is like sort of like an anointment type thing, like we're anointing you as like one of the great bands ever, then that's one thing. But if it's a historical building or, or whatever it is, institution, like to me, like that's the argument to put Bon Jovi in. And because there's a lot of artists in there. I mean, like I'm not a huge James Taylor fan, you know, and like um, I would never classify him as rock music. So to, so to me, maybe he's like not that deserving. Like he seems sort of like an antithetical to rock music in a lot of ways but at the same time you could make an argument very credible i mean he is undeniably an influential artist he's undeniably a popular artist he's undeniably sort of an emblematic singer songwriter so you know for me to say that oh he sucks like that's an opinion that i'm that i'm that i'm free to have but the fact is he's he has had impact on music right just you know, in like Bon Jovi, like again, I could say like, oh, they're not a real band, or that guy who wrote that list can say they're not a real band, but they did have impact. Like that is sort of an inarguable fact, and whether we think they're good or not, that's sort of a matter of opinion. I don't know. I mean, to me, the people that got in are less infuriating than the people who didn't get in. 
that's know. a that's a great segue actually. So can we yeah. can we throw names at you and you tell us uh, if they should or should not be in? We'll throw like the twenty or twenty five snubs that we came up with, and then uh, you can also you're free be free to add anybody you think we we uh, missed. Do you want to Chester? Do you want to do you want to start? Yeah, and, yeah, and before we get there, I just want to you know we talked about how Hall of Fame might be a misnomer, but the first part of it of the name is rock and roll. And, you know, whereas it might have started as really focused on rock and the blues, pretty clearly this is now a, a designation for any sort of popular music artist of, of any genre. Obviously, there's hip-hop and there's uh, there's jazz even. I mean, there's really anything other, you know, that can be considered popular music in the last, you know, 60 years, pretty much. So, Akiv, do you want to start with uh, with some of your snubs? Yeah, well, I think the number one probably on all of our list, I'd assume, would be Radiohead. Do, uh, do you agree, Stephen? That to me right now, that's the that's sort of like the number one uh, sort of glaring omission. I mean, I don't know if it's number one, but it was like shocking to me that they didn't get in, and mm-hmm. I think that speaks to the biases of that organization, like the generational biases. Um, is it is it like the like the sports hall of fame? How because this was their first year of eligibility, and they have to like wait. A, oh, they're not a you know it's they're the punishment not a, for taking a first, steroids, kind of. Yeah, they're well, not I a mean, first. <laughs> Like Pearl Jam got in first on mm-hmm. first ballot. I, I'm sure Nirvana did. Yes. And I just assumed Radiohead would. You know, I that was like a no brainer to me that they'd be a first ballot. So well, Wyman really had shocked. Wyman's take was uh, that because they had insulted the Hall of Fame and said that they would not come to a uh, to the ceremony. And again, since only five or six bands get in, and it's you know they're paying the bills for the whole year basically on that one concert and and show that they put on for the ceremony. So if the biggest name or one of the biggest names of that year doesn't come then, you know, it's costing them money. So I think his it was more of a, uh, oh, you don't want to come to our party? Well, you're not invited anyway type of decision. Maybe, but, you know, the Sex Pistols did the same thing. And they right, yeah, they faxed, right. They, they faxed and, a, like, a letter saying they weren't coming. You're right. And Axel Rose, like, I don't know if he had said ahead of time that he wasn't coming, but he ended up not going. So there, there's a precedence for uh, sure, but you but know, Axl Rose not going to something is bigger news is is, right. is less big news than him actually showing up. And I think they've insulted maybe. the idea of the Hall of Fame, whereas he's just not interested maybe in going, but doesn't have a lot yeah. of takes on. I mean, on I like, think uh, whether it should exist. If Radiohead was a baby boomer band and it said that, I think they would have gotten in anyway. I think I think people on that committee would have said, "Look, they're important. We're going to put them in, and uh, it doesn't matter if they show up or not." But because they're a band from the '90s. A lot of those people on that committee are in their 60s and 70s, and like they didn't really have any probably firsthand knowledge of Radiohead, or it's sort of like from a distance a little bit, and it was maybe easier for them to dismiss them on that level. So you know maybe that had something to do with it, but I think it starts with a lot of that people on the committee just being really old and not really grasping the impact of that band. Because I think for anyone who's under the age of say 40, 45, radio, and if you care about rock music, Radiohead. If they're not the number one most important band, they're like in the top three, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and even for people who don't like Radiohead, I feel like that they would acknowledge that right. they're a huge, impactful band, you know. Uh, so to me, it, that diminishes the Hall of Fame. It doesn't diminish Radiohead. Radiohead Agreed. is perfectly fine. It just makes them look buffoonish for not doing that. Right. That's, yeah, you so just strictly, read our Barry Bonds rant from the baseball thing. Yeah. But, uh, Strict, hey, strictly from a rock and roll perspective, Radiohead to me is clearly the biggest snub. Um, but if we sort of go to pop music more generally, my wife's favorite artist of all time, well, other than Michael Jackson probably, is not in the Hall of Fame either. And that really shocked me. You know, I only discovered that when I was sort of making my own list comparing to Wyman's. Why is Whitney Houston not in this Hall of Fame? You know, that's a great question. I don't 
I don't think there's any good reason for that other than just the bias against pop music, probably. Although there are, um, you know, but there's so many other pops. Yeah. Right. I I don't know why. I mean, Madonna's there. there. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Tina Turner is with Ike. She's not in as a solo artist. Right. She's, I guess she right. I think she's eligible and discussed as getting in as a solo artist. I mean, I, mean, I think I think in her prime, Whitney Houston was not looked at as sort of a artistically viable person. I think that I think critics in the '80s and '90s always respected her as a singer, but they didn't really take her records all that seriously. So it's really more a voice than an artist. What's that? It's really more that she has an amazing voice more than she's an amazing artist, you're saying. Well, no, no. I, I think she's a great artist, too. I mean, I'm saying – I'm talking about the perception. Okay. Oh, okay. Because you're asking me why she didn't get in. I'm just speculating. Yeah. I'm, I'm not on the committee, so I don't know. But, like, if I had to guess, I would say that there's people on there that probably wrote about her in the 80s and 90s and wrote her off and didn't really – think about her as a serious artist and and they've kind of held on to that ever since then i mean i i think she should absolutely be in i i would have assumed she'd be in already um yeah Janet jackson is a solo artist uh also not in yet she's eligible so same it's probably same idea i mean all these snubs it's like you know it's weird because it's there's so many people who deserve to get in but then it's also like it's always weighted against like who else was up that year. I'm like, right. You know, would you put this person over that person? I mean, well, um, that's the Bon Jovi argument, right? It's not that Bon Jovi's bad. It's like, who is more value, you know, who's had, uh, you know, more value to music. Whitney Houston. Well, and I, bon well, and I believe too, Bon Jovi got in because of the popular vote. I yeah. Think which is how Rush got in too. And yes, I think got in the same. So it's like all of these sort of, um, sort of populist rock bands are the ones right. who have gotten in through the popular vote. And I actually think all, I mean, I definitely think Yes and Rush deserve to be in for artistic reasons too. I think they're both great bands. Mm-hmm. Bon Jovi less so, but I but I can I I feel like you can justify that. Um, I mean, it was just so glaring this year because Bon Jovi got in and like all of these sort of you know like like Moody Blues and the Cars who are like okay, but like they're not necessarily to me. I like I love the Cars, but I don't know if. Like, were they ever the best band of their era? Like, are they, right. like, hugely important? I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's, like, like if you just said to me, do the Cars deserve to be in? I, I might say, yeah, put them in. But then if you look at them in the context of, like, who's not in, there's, like, a lot of bands I would put in before the Cars. You know, so that, the, that complicates this a little bit, too. Let me run to a me, few the, more names by you. Uh, well, hold on. So, Keith, let, let's go sort of chronologically. To me, there's two names from, let's say, pre you know, uh, you know, the Beatles on Ed Sullivan era, who are sort of from the founders generation, I guess, who I was surprised they're not in. John Coltrane and Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, jazz is interesting because like, I think Miles Davis is in, but like yeah. Miles Davis intersected more with rock music than like Coltrane. I guess so. Although, you know, because Miles Davis, like Bitches Brew era, like he was playing, you know, he was like a huge influence on the jazz rock genre and like integrating jazz into rock music like miles davis bitches brews so you can i guess that would be maybe the justification for putting him in the rock hall whereas someone like coltrane who i think influenced a lot of rock musicians yeah he didn't really play any he didn't really play rock music and i guess the same would be with ella fitzgerald um yeah i don't know i don't i mean to me i mean 
those are such great artists. They don't need to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's like you don't need. It's not like oh, we got to honor John Coltrane. We got to you know yeah, people need right. to know about Coltrane and put him in the hall. Um, you know, to me, there's so many great rock bands that aren't in. I'd want to get them in first. Yeah. I run, let, me run, let me run a few a few more by you. You could just give me a quick yes or no for these. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, I think they should be in. Yeah, uh, I the, think. The, so. the, mm-hmm. I, I, and I'm not a huge Rage Against the Machine fan, but again, um, it's hard to imagine talking about the '90s without talking about Rage Against the Machine. I, I, I think that they were a pretty huge band, and and certainly. You know, I mean, their influence might be dubious for some people because they were. I guess they are the great rap rock band of all time. Right. They like, what they spawn like a lot of times you get yeah. points for spawning bands, whereas they almost get demerits for because almost every yeah. band they spawn stunk. Um, so like, their their first two records are great though, and yes. I think they're and they are clearly important. I think. Right. Well, Steve although I feel like bands... they'd be they'd be a nightmare to actually bring to the ceremony. Probably, yeah, I don't know who yeah. Joe Zach. Well, Tom Morello <laughs> though, Morello's pretty tight, like with the Rolling Stone. He, I think he's on the committee actually. Oh really? Yeah. So I don't I think, think you're getting Zach Dale Rocha to that to that ceremony though. Maybe not, yeah. but I mean, I think the rest of them would definitely play ball. I I, I am sure Tom Morello wants to be in the Hall of Fame, I, and I, and I would think that that will happen eventually, just because he's pretty tight with right. with, so, with that crowd. I would ask about my favorite '90s band, which you know they're clearly a step behind, you know, the Nirvanas and the Pearl Jams of the world in, from sort of the grunge scene. But the Smashing Pumpkins, do you think that they would merit this or or not quite? Well, okay, I think they should get in. Well, do okay, I think good. do I do I think they will get in? I don't know that that we Billy Corgan to... seems to rub a lot a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah, I think that that kills them. I think that again, the people who are on that committee are less inclined. To take them seriously, and I, and again, that's their age. I think if if there were more people who actually grew up during that era, it would be easier for them. But I think older people, older critics or writers who or whoever, sort of looked at them as being like a less legitimate version of of alt rock. But I don't know. If I had a vote, I would vote for them. I I, I think they absolutely deserve to get in. I think Siamese oh. Dream is a perfect album. Just for that album alone, I think you should get in. But, you know, do I think it might take 15, 20 years for them to get in. Like, would I you put them above, sort of, from that era, like Alice in Chains and or Soundgarden? Would you say the Pumpkins are, should get in before those two? Um, not before Soundgarden. I'd put Soundgarden mm-hmm. in first. Um, I, would put them, I would put the Pumpkins in before Alice in Chains. But I would put all of those bands in. But Soundgarden, mm-hmm. I think, would I would put them in first. Right. Well, the drummer's already in. Um, by the Cure and Joy, and Joy Division, I assume you're going to say yes to. Those seem to be two of the more popular snubs. What, the Marcy and Marcy and, 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 and the Smith. Also. Is my next question. What? Oh, sorry. I Iggy said Pop. Iggy Pop. Well, Iggy Pop's in. Uh, he's he's in with a band, right? He's just not in oh, as okay. a solo artist. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think right. I think the Stooges are in. Yeah, I the Stooges are in. in. Yeah, yeah, they are. Okay. Oh, okay. Fine. Fine. Marcy and the Smiths. Um, well, I would say this. I mean, not Morrissey as a solo artist, but um, the Smiths. Yeah, I think they should be in. I, they should definitely be in. I, and that's another band where I don't understand. I mean, there's so many great. I mean, to me, like the '80s is so shocking to me how many great artists from that era don't even really seem to get serious consideration that I would assume would. 
you know, the Smiths, the Cure you mentioned, the replacements, like Sonic Youth. You know, I don't understand. Like they're not. Yeah, even, Sonic like, Youth is on my list. They don't even sniff these bands, and it, and again, I think it just speaks to the age of that committee. Because, like, to me, like, Sonic Youth is, like, practically, like, classic rock now. Like, like if you talk mm-hmm. to young people, you know, young people who are starting bands, like, they look at Sonic Youth in the same context as, like, Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. I mean, because they've been around forever. And they've influenced several generations of bands now. Um, and yet, I don't know if they've ever gotten close. And um, it's like, and, and then we're putting in the Moody Blues, you know, I don't right. know. I, it's just really bizarre to me. Uh, and it really speaks to how they need to like refresh that selection committee. I think right. now. So, but so we're talking about how we need to refresh to me. There's some older artists who are, you know, maybe not critically acclaimed, but are commercially have just been so significant for decades. And I'm sort of shocked. They're not in to me. Those are Willie Nelson, uh, Jimmy Buffett, you know, who I don't care about, but you know, he's selling out concerts with these pair heads all over the place. Ozzy Osbourne, uh, Barbara Streisand and Sonny and Cher, or Cher as a solo artist. None of them are the Hall of Fame. Does that surprise you? Most of those don't surprise me. I'm not surprised that Barbara Streisand isn't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and that's not a slight against her. I just don't. Yeah, but if you tell that to like Jewish know. mothers in their 60s, they'll cut you. So. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Again, I mean, that's not a personal slight against her. I, I, I'm just saying I'm not surprised that she's that. She's, I wouldn't expect her to be in. I'd be more surprised if she got in actually than her not getting in. Um, what about Willie Nelson, though? I mean, I love Willie Nelson. He's another one where I think you could totally justify putting him in. I guess the the argument is that he's just more country than than rock. I guess I don't know. I have no good argument for not putting him in. I mean, I think he should he should be in for sure. Um, I forget who else you mentioned. Who else is who else is on your list? Oh, I said Jimmy Buffett and Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Ozzy is in as part of Black Sabbath. Right. I think, That's true. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's only, there aren't a huge number of people that have been d- inducted more than once. And most of them 22, are. And cl- 22. And Clapton's three, Clapton's three times, everyone else is twice. And most of them are like baby boomer people. Right. So, you know, I mean, I think you could justify putting Ozzy in by himself because he's probably the most famous metal singer of all time i mean he's he's sort of like the the avatar for that genre in a lot of ways so i think you could totally justify putting him in but there's also so many other metal bands that aren't in like iron maiden isn't in you know judas priest isn't in like iron maiden is like they kind of invented the sound of like modern heavy metal i mean like they you listen to early metallica and there's they sound like iron maiden you know like i would want to put them in you know, for I mean, that's such a huge blind spot for the Hall of Fame. It's just hard rock and heavy metal. What do you think of Nine Inch Nails? I mean, that was another one where I kind of thought, and maybe this is just me being naive. I thought that would be a first ballot, another yeah. one, because uh, I think Reznor, you know, not only is Nine Inch Nails a great band, but like he has expanded. He won an Oscar, right? You know, right. Uh, no, he's in like the Z guys. I agree more than a lot of these guys are still. And I feel like Reznor, especially now in retrospect, really seems like one of the most talented people from that era. You know, I think he'll be remembered as this guy who could kind of do it all. I mean, he is sort of like Prince in the regard in the way that he could just make records by himself if he wanted to. And 
you know, great writer, you know, great songwriter, you know, it, it, he just made really great records that also, again, influenced so much stuff. Like, so much stuff was taken from Nine Inch Nails. And he mm-hmm. kind of brought a lot of things from, like, industrial music into rock music. And you had this whole generation of bands that, like, would not exist without Nine Inch Nails. Um, so, yeah, I, I I assume he'll get in eventually. Um, yeah, I think so. But I was shocked that he wasn't a first ballot. I, I think he absolutely deserved to be a first ballot. I mean, you know, again, like, another difference between, like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Baseball Hall of Fame is that, like, you know, it'd be like if the Baseball Hall of Fame kept in putting players from the 40s and 50s in right. every year and <laughs> didn't put any, in anyone from the modern era. Well, like, that's like, the seniors committee was doing that and they had to change the rules because they were just putting in their buddies, basically. Yeah. And like, you know, like this year, like Bon Jovi was the young band. Like, how ridiculous <laughs> is that? I mean, I don't know if that telecast is aired yet, but I think it I just mean, did recently. I've, I'm, I, I'm curious what the ratings were, because I, I'll say this. Every every dental, every dental hygienist in the country definitely uh, watched. So. Because I don't know. I mean, even if Radiohead hadn't showed up, you could have gotten some like younger bands to perform their songs. And it would have had, I think people at least under the age of 45 would have given a shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And no one cared. It just makes them less relevant to anyone who's like not under 50. You know, like it's amazing to me. Like Radiohead is not a young band. Like people, might, you know, I'm 40 and I love Radiohead. It's not like we're asking them to put in, you know, some Justin like, Bieber. yeah, like some ephemeral, like, you know what I mean? It's like, yes, j- just the, just the standards for them for appealing to youth, like like youth to them would be appealing to 35 year olds. Right. You know? Pearl Jam is probably the youngest band in the whole Hall of Fame right now. Like that's that is like the hippest band probably right now they have going. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I guess Nirvana's kind of st- I guess probably the answer is Nirvana because they're sort of stuck in like an a permanent youth but but other than them yeah i mean and again i mean they're no one's going to be too young because you have to be you know around right. for 25 years but still like the fan bases are younger you know um mm-hmm. what do you think of the replacements is that a big snub yeah absolutely i mean i'm from the midwest so i have a especially strong feeling for the replacements but mm-hmm. um yeah i they're they're one of the great bands of the 80s they helped to invent the sound of alternative rock in the 90s. So many bands tried to be the replacements in the 90s, uh, including, you know, Nirvana and Pearl Jam. You know, those bands were hugely influenced by the replacements. Um, And those records are still great. Um, So, yeah, it's ridiculous that they're not in, I think. Let me ask you about a couple of genre artists that are not in. yeah, Wu Tang is not in. I think they're eligible this year. Dr. Dre, although maybe he's not strictly as an artist, but as a producer, and, you know, in his other roles, he's not in. Moby is not in the Hall of Fame. Do you think uh, you know any of those should be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, definitely Wu Tang. I think. What was the other one? Dr. Moby. Dre and Moby. Uh, Dr. Dre definitely. Tribe yeah. Called Quest also probably. Well, Dre is in with NWA, so yeah. he's yeah. in with them. I think. And, and, but and, but and as I a think solo his artist, other role is as a producer more than an artist. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as a, as a solo artist, he definitely, I mean, you know, The Chronic is like one of the most important records of the last 30 years, so th- there's no question. Moby, I don't know, I'm a little, it's interesting because, like, you know, like electronic music is, a, is another sort of genre that is underrepresented. Like, I don't think Kraftwerk is in. 
Is there? I mean, it's almost and, not and, represented, right? And like, so like, if Moby got in ahead of Kraftwerk, I'd be like, mm-hmm. that'd be ridiculous. So maybe you got to put in Kraftwerk first, and Tangerine Dream, you know, some of those bands, and then Moby down the line. Um, and let me ask you another one: as a as as a Jew who lives in New York in his thirties and has a lot of friends who are, let's say, familiar with uh, various substances, I'm shocked that uh, you know I have I, I probably have more. Friends whose favorite band is Fish than any other band. I don't know if their appeal is broad enough to be Hall of Fame consideration. What do you think? Well, when you read my book, I have a thing and I have a chapter in my book about Fish, actually. So I, 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 I love Fish. I'm a, I'm a Fish fan. I would put them in because I think that they helped to. Um, I mean, before the Grateful Dead, there really was no other jam band. And yeah. like Fish kind of like reinvented that. And they also created, they also were this band that like proved that you could exist outside the music industry and do really well and not really kind of cater to radio or put out records. I mean, they put out albums, but they, their focus was always the live show. Um, so I, I think they should get in. I think they actually stand a pretty good chance of getting in because I think Rolling Stone has always been pretty good to them. Um, they've participated in some of previous ceremonies I, they helped induct genesis uh several years ago so i could see them getting in i think poli- you know they've, they've done some of the political things that you need to do they definitely sell a zillion tickets they'd sell out that building that's for sure yeah yeah so they could get in all right and my last snub and she should not be in the hall of fame for positive reasons but for for negative reasons but I just to to me like there's no debate that the Beatles are the most important band of all time, and I think the Yoko Ono should be in the Hall of Fame. Just almost like how we say put some of the steroids guys in the Baseball Hall of Fame for her role or alleged role, I should say, in the demise of the Beatles. I think she's needed. She she should be in there in a special like you know maybe a <laughs> like as a murderer detractors wing something like that. You know that's not fair, man. I know. I know. I had to. Diss John Lennon. Lennon John Lennon wanted to. You know, he's the one that 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 did that, not her, man. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, she actually has like a really great legacy doing in terms of avant-garde music. I mean, there's a lot of people that love her music and are influenced by it. So you could make the artistic case for her to get in. Um, but again, there's like a lot of other people that I would probably put in yeah. for her. But you know, <laughs> she's definitely a huge figure in music history. I mean, right, you could mention her in the Hall of Fame without actually inducting her also. Like, if you go to the New York, in, in, in New York City where they have like the Hall of Fame has like a, in a post or whatever they call it downtown, they have a whole, they have a whole thing about her actually there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Steven, put, Yoko, put Yoko in too, why not? Problem. You know, all <laughs> in. It's right, a good picture. Steven, can we, can we run a few people who are going to, who are about to be eligible by you? Sure. Okay, um, so there aren't really any exciting names in 2018. Uh, I was going to. Oh, skip- I disagree. I, I I have seven names who I think should be on our next. All right, so Chester, is- you go quickly. Okay, Beck. Okay. Counting Crows. Dave That's Matthews. Absurd. Get out of here, Counting Crows. I love the Counting Crows. That's <laughs> Stephen. Take my side on this one. Take no, take my way. side. That I the love, Counting. I love Counting. Crows. No, I love the Counting Crows. I when I yesterday, Stephen, I put out a uh, just to sort of. Because I was going to say, I was going to have some takes where, like, well, that's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're not anybody's favorite band or, you know, band X. They're, and so I said, what's your favorite band on Twitter? And I got almost 100 responses. And I was shocked by how many different bands were na- mentioned that are sort of critically maligned. Somebody said Nickelback, unironically. Two people said the Red Hot Chili Peppers. 
Um, and a bunch of people said the Counting Crows. So I think to people of a certain age, I don't know how old you are, but we're both 34. Uh, I, they were like, uh, you know, like a, I guess a very important 90s band. But I'm shocked that you're you're agreeing with Chester here and that, that you're. Oh, yeah. I love, the I've, writ- I, I've written about them a couple of times. I've interviewed Amder. It's like I. They're not even the best crow for 2018. I would put in Cheryl <laughs> Crow before I put in the <laughs> Counting Crows. I have well, Cheryl I mean, Crow on my well, list also. But by the way, Aladdis Morissette's not in the Hall of Fame yet either. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she was on my. I didn't get to her, but she was on my yeah. snubs list. Well, yeah, County, she was on mine also. And Counting Crows will never get in. They're not going to get no, in. No, I agree. Hall of Fame. I agree. Yeah. They would have to. Um, they'd, they'd have to have a resurgence, which does not seem to be. What about what about Dave Matthews Band? Um, that's an interesting Probably second question. favorite among my friends after Fish. <laughs> um, that's an interesting question. I think that they will get in eventually. I think it'll take a while. Okay. Um, so the following think, year... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say... I think they're more they're, maligned than... They're not really... They've never really been critically, critically acclaimed at all. Dude. Well, yeah. it's they're funny because like in the last year or two, there's been more Dave fans coming out of the woodwork. Because <laughs> the thing is, it's like if you stick around long enough, there's yeah. usually a reason why you've stuck around. And, and, you know, like, we talk about Bon Jovi, people shit on Bon Jovi, but, like, there are people who love that band. And there, and there are people that, like, you would say are respectable people or respectable musicians. It's like, no one just listens to cool music, you know? Like, no, right. one's, like, no one's just like, oh, I'm listening to, like, you know, the Velvet Underground, and, you know, like, and I love the Velvet Underground, but it's like, this, this stuff that is maybe easy to make fun of in the moment a lot of that stuff sticks around, and it, it, it's part of people's consciousness. And um, you know, Bon Jovi had good songs too. I mean, Living the Velvet Under- Underground to me has always been like every critic's favorite band who never really caught on with the mainstream. Oh yeah, I mean, they're, I, they're sort of like the critics are obsessed with them. It's almost, it's almost. You know, I just finished reading well, your former colleague Jonathan Abrams' book about the Wire, and if you were talking about the Hall of Fame from a perspective of you know ratings or awards, of course, the Wire would not be there, but. Nobody would make a television Hall of Fame and not put the wire in. Right. And I feel like Velvet Underground is kind of the same thing. Yeah, and you know they're a great band. Like their records are really good, and like they also influenced like basically indie rock and alternative rock wouldn't exist as as currently uh, as we know it without the Velvet Underground. So you know there's no arguing against them. Um, you mentioned Beck. I think Beck will probably get in eventually. He mm-hmm. stuck around for a while. Um, I forget who else you mentioned. Uh, that's about it. The next year, to me, there's two absolute no-brainers, and a third who is not my cup of tea, but probably is a no-brainer. Keith, do you want to guess who I'm referring to? Okay, fine. I'm going to say no. Notorious B.I.G. is a is a no-brainer. Yeah, I would agree. By the way, it. by the way, uh, uh, Stephen, Eric B. and Rakim, I didn't mention, but they're eligible, and a lot of people think that they should be in. Also, I don't that was think a very. I don't think they will. You don't think they will? Okay. No, okay, I mean, so Keith, and again, so that, that's warm. not. That's not a per, you know because you're asking me who should get in and who yeah. I think will get in and those are right. two different two questions things. totally. Um, and with with hip hop, the, the Hall of Fame tends to really only go for like the A plus list people, like the total no brainers, you mm-hmm. know, like like NW, you know, like NWA, you know, like well, Snoop you know, Dogg is on the ballot next year. I don't know because like, then like, the following. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, so Snoop Dogg's on the ballot next year. I don't know if he gets in necessarily, but then the following year you have you have Biggie, then the next year Jay Z, the next year Eminem. I mean, those are all no brainers, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Keith, do you want to well, guess who my other no brainer? Your other person was well. First of all, you didn't mention Nas, who I think is you know it, it probably one if they're taking a rapper every year. I think Nas is going to get in soon too, right, Stephen? I would think so. 
You know, I mean, he's again, of all the rappers, isn't he based essentially the most critically acclaimed, at least of the of the previous era? Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know. It, it's hard. You know, these things are so. Radiohead didn't get in. You know, this right. is three white guys talking about him. Right. <laughs> I I don't know if Nas is like he seems like a no brainer. But like he's mm-hmm. maybe not quite pop. Like I'm just trying to think of like why he wouldn't get in, and like yeah. he's he's never been like. I mean, I think I, I'm trying to think like Illmatic. I'm sure went platinum, but it was not like the biggest rap record of its time. No, anything. but but critics were absolutely like praying to it. They were right, they but were but it, but again, it. like critical acclaim is not necessarily True. the biggest criteria for these people. Mm-hmm. So like they, again, you have to put yourself in the mindset of like a 65 year old white person yeah. who's on these committees there. and like it's easy for them to understand that NWA is important because that was the same year that the movie came out you know right. it, it, it's very easy but like Nas is he so transcendent that like even a 65 year old white guy would understand that he's important I don't there's know. no chance it's, my it's debatable <laughs> like Notorious B.I.G. I think because of the way because of his I th- because of the way he died I think and Tupac has, already being in also yeah so I, Chester, right, I think he, your guy was Oasis. I think that yeah, was Oasis, guy. obviously. Yeah, of course. I don't they'll think be that, fun to, they'll be fun to deal with. I don't think they're going to get in either. <laughs> I think they'll get in eventually. Just, maybe just because they're obnoxious, or <laughs> well, they kind of had a short peak too. I think I think they're perceived to kind of have peaked after their first two records, um, and they were always bigger in England than here. So, and they're weird. And the Hall of Fame is weird with British bands. You know, British bands are my, like post eighties, but. And my third was Marilyn Manson. You know, not my cup of tea, but it seems like it was so culturally important in the 90s. He won't get it. He's not gonna No it. way. Not, they're okay. not going to deal with it. Well, so. uh, the year after that, what, uh, I think the Foo Fighters absolutely will get in. I think they're like the perfect, you know, Grohl's obviously already in the Hall of Fame. To me, I, I, I like, I, you know, they, ha- they, they still have like the, uh, you know, like the Nirvana mystique. They're still popular. They'll sell tickets. What do you think about the Foo Fighters? Uh, yeah, they'll probably get in. I, yeah, I would think they'll probably get in. Okay, so so Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, everyone should uh, go catch your your latest book, Twilight of the Gods: A Journey to the End of Classic Rock, on Amazon or wherever else you buy books. Stephen, you're on Twitter at uh, I think it's uh, just Stephen underscore Hyden. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Thank you so much, right. Stephen. Really appreciate your time. Hey guys, thank you so much, man. Thanks. Take care. Thanks. Okay, so Stephen was great, Keeve. Uh, he sort of left us in 2020. There's a whole bunch of other artists who are going to become available later in the 2020s that we should probably argue about. Mm-hmm. By the way, right. I skipped the Roots because I know he was he had to hurry. Yeah, but I mentioned I, the Roots. The Roots. The, oh, the problem with the Roots, I think, is Jimmy Fallon is so uncool that how could you have a band that's like on Jimmy yeah. Fallon? Jimmy I said I have seven bands next year: Beck, Counting Crows, Dave Matthews, The Roots, Shania Twain, Sheryl Crow, and Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I think it's a, it is a strong year, but there's no yeah. none of those bands are even close to an obvious first ballot. Oh, you didn't even say Outcast, which to me is is probably near the top of that list. I, I Outcast had like like a, one huge album in 2004, right? Yeah, and I, I think than, culturally they kind of still matter. They're not totally dead yet. I, I just I, there's they're probably not the first rap band that needs to get in. And I think in terms of hip hop, I th- you know there's you know like we said, well Nas is 2019. Not 2018, but even a tribe called Quest. I think people really are into that. Are you referring, just out of curiosity, are you referring to the year of the vote or the year of the ceremony? Uh, well, 2018 is uh, is is the vote, and then 2019. Yeah, so I'm doing it by the ceremony. So all the guys I just mentioned, I'm counting as 2019. The ceremony would be next year. Even That's fine. Okay. Year. Yeah. Okay. So then who else? So then 
we were we're up to 2020 for me or 20 yeah so we whatever. said it was biggie and oasis were the big ones i said marilyn manson and you all laughed so <laughs> yeah and then not and i nas i think uh yeah gonna get mm-hmm. some consideration but not first ballot consideration okay the, ne- the next year the obvious one is jay-z yeah, Jay-Z's going to get in. You can make an argument for the Backstreet Boys, although probably Justin Timberlake is a solo artist when that doesn't come until a few years later. It's probably more likely. Justin Timberlake wasn't in the Backstreet Boys. Oh, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, that shows how well I know my boy bands. Sorry. He was in 98 Degrees, is that right? Are you being serious? <laughs> what the hell is his band called again? It was in NSYNC. What the hell is NSYNC, NSYNC. Yeah, yeah, NSYNC. Uh, oh NSYNC gosh. and the Backstreet Boys are the same thing. I was going to say at the beginning of this podcast, probably eight <laughs> hours ago at this point, like I want people to vote on who they think knows more about music after listening to this show. I, I said I stopped caring about music 15 years ago. Yeah, good. But this was way more than 15 years ago when Justin, when Justin Timberlake was in NSYNC. At this point, it's over 20 years. But at the time that NSYNC was popular, we didn't care about NSYNC. It was like a band for like girls five years younger than us. Ne- neither you nor any of your friends. I knew the names friends. of the people in the, I knew the names of the people in the band. Joey like Fatone. Is that Backstreet Boys? It's Backstreet Boys. Lance, and Lance Bass? Right, I, I don't know all of them. But Lance Bass is NSYNC. Okay, um, I don't, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. I don't remember if Joey Fatone is one of them. What about O-Town? AJ and Howie. O- O-Town was the fake, the created one, right? Okay, uh, tw- so Jay Z, Locke. I think Foo Fighters actually is going to be first ballot, but if not, very soon after. Yeah. Uh, the one that was not on your list that I think will definitely get consideration because they're such a critical darling is Wilco, which is like a Chuck Klosterman type of thing. Yeah, these are the classic bands I don't care about. Mm-hmm. It's just like this what? is a cl- uh, well, uh, you know, probably a more famous example, and they become eligible in twenty twenty five. Is the White Stripes? Obviously, will be in the Hall of Fame, but uh, you know, I could first ballot. Else. White Stripes getting in first ballot. They matter. Yeah. Yeah, Seven Nation Army's most famous song in the whole world. Everyone not, goes not to me. They don't games. By the way, say, there's two ba- there's two bands in 2025. We don't need you singing on this podcast. There's two bands in 2025 who I don't like, but people probably be in. White Stripes obviously will be in. And the other one is Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne to me is like the least impressive. No, rapper. he's not getting in. He's not good. Because I always the, see, the the bar for rappers is very high, and they need to take over one rapper a year, which I don't think they're doing. To get to him, so I don't know why you're even mentioning Lil Wayne. Because uh, the reason is because he's not getting know, in before in the Notorious B.I.G., Nas, Jay Z, Eminem, yeah, but, any of those people. But yeah, but all of those are previous years. Biggie will get it in 2020. Jay Z will get it in 2021. Eminem will get it in 2022. Those how guys many are rappers all are first. in. The, how many like rappers are are in the? Well, Hall okay, Very not that good. many, but because there's a 25 year waiting list, right? True, so you, true, true, true. So I mean, all these guys are. Why don't they just the, call it the Music Hall of Fame? Why is it? Why is it the Rock yeah, and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, of course. Like, or or, or popular. There's no more Rock pop, and Roll music. Yeah. Popular yeah. music hall of fame. Um, there aren't really there are country artists, but like more of the Rocky types. Like yeah. and the country music, I and, believe has and their own hall country. Of fame. They have Nashville. Yeah, they don't need um, yeah. Cleveland. So well, the, my issue with Lil Wayne is whenever I see rappers making lists of the greatest mm. rappers, they always yeah. have Lil Wayne on the list, and I don't understand why. Because to me, he's garbage. Yeah, nobody wants to hear us analyze Lil Wayne. All right, who else? Okay. Uh, Eminem is twenty is twenty twenty one. Who else? Who else? Twenty twenty two for me. Yeah, to me, oh, Eminem is the only one I have as a no brainer that year. Uh, you know, Modest Mouse is in the Wilco thing, but they're they're uh, not big enough to get in. Yeah, no. What about what about Fiona Apple? No, I like. Fiona. A lot of more sets not in the Hall of Fame yet. Cheryl Crow's sure. you know. Yeah, I. That's a good point. You can't get Fiona in before Alanis Morissette. Uh, by the yeah. way, some of the bands that I didn't mention because I because I didn't know much time we had Loretta Lynn that uh, not in. I think she's a big snub. Todd Rundgren we didn't mention. Pavement people. Someone said in when I when I sent out uh, tell me your favorite band. Uh, Pavement was number one, but in terms of. Uh, I, the the band that has the most popular songs that are still played on the radio, like the most the highest number of popular songs that is still played on a classic rock station, 
that is not in the Hall of Fame? Do you want to guess? It's pretty hard. I don't know who. Not they have not been mentioned yet. Uh, Boston. Oh, I thought about Boston, but to me they're sort of like they're a band that critics don't like. You know what's funny? I hate Boston and Chicago. Like I think they both stink. I like both of them. Oh, I mean, I don't like both of them. I like you know sort of songs from both of them. You know the same songs everybody mm-hmm. else does, right? Yeah. But I mean, also the other like, ones. Blue Oyster Cult's not going to be in the Hall of Fame just because they have a couple. Don't fear the Reaper. They have a couple good songs, right? But that you know, right. That doesn't that doesn't put them in the Hall of Fame. Oh, I mean, they also the definitely won it. They also have the classic. Thing. They also have that classic cowbell sketch, obviously on SNL, which alone should maybe actually give them. Consideration. I mean, that's real. The only reason why anybody under forty knows who they are. Uh, Def Leppard, Pat Benatar were also high in that list of like have more than five songs still played on the radio, eh. but aren't in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, to Peter me, Brandon. again, these are pop singers, but Mariah Carey and Celine Dion aren't in the Hall of Fame. No, I think they should be. And uh, yeah. Meatloaf is an interesting one because he peaked. But he, Meatloaf his, peaked his way before peak our was, time. I've only ever known yeah. Meatloaf, frankly, the same way I know is Easy Top, as like a joke, basically. Yeah. Meatloaf, like when I was like the first time I read about Meatloaf, it was like he's really crazy in the fantasy sports and has like 30 fantasy football teams. That's too much. If you have 30 fantasy football teams, you have zero fantasy football teams. <laughs> okay, PFT commenter. Um, <laughs> who was outed this week? What do you think about PFT commenter being well, outed? He's always been out. That was, are you talking about the Deadspin article or the Washington Post yeah. article? The point of the Deathman uh, article, article is that he's always been out. Like it's not a secret. It's, a, it's not hard to find out who he is. I would say the majority, the majority of his listeners did not know his name, without question. And and, and now they do. You think because of Deadspin? Uh, no, I still. Well, I don't know if you mentioned on on his podcast. I mean, I thought Deadspin had a good point though, which is you know he's trying to have it both ways with Barstool, right, and his anonymity. And it, so it is a little bit hypocritical. And yeah, and these report and these. Like, but he hasn't done anything wrong. So I, I, to me, I, I think it was wrong to dox them. I feel like if he like if he's out there doing problematic things, it's one thing. Dox him? What because you, you, well, well, first of all, his affiliation with Barstool, you know, according to the author, who was like abused by like the you know the CEO of the site. Or the yeah, other, no, well, know. that's clearly why she's doing it because yeah. because well, you say do, you say doxing like back when he was like nobody saw his face and they just he just used that icon of that weird guy with the mustache yes, and the fuzzy correct. picture. But now yeah. he's like out and about everywhere. Everybody sees him ex- with right. sunglasses on, so everybody knows what he looks like. So. Really know what he looks like. Yeah, but I, I think on, my impression was that his wife probably didn't want his his, uh, and he didn't even doesn't even say he has a wife. But I, it may they may have said it in the dead spin. Oh, so why are you doxing but, his wife now? What's wrong with you? All the listeners are <laughs> I didn't say fans. her name. <laughs> I, I don't know her name. Do, do you remember when Bill Simmons is, forever think, wouldn't mention the name of his wife? He's he is he didn't mention it for like twelve years. Deadspin yeah. had an article once, like how come there's no there are no almost no pictures of Bill Simmons' wife anywhere. Yeah, but he just put a, he posted a picture of one of his kids the other day on Twitter. His son. Yeah, he posts his pic. That's what's weird. He posts pictures of his son all the time. He has never posted a picture of his wife. And if you, put, I think there's one fuzzy picture on Google. If you, um, yeah, that is weird. Why are you more worried about protecting your wife than like your ten year old? Right. My wife wouldn't care if I put a picture of her up. She yeah. Well, she would care if it was a picture kids. of her with you, though. She's trying. To, she has a reputation That's to protect. True. That's true. <laughs> um. All right. Let's go. Let's. All right. Let's finish this up. Uh. Uh, speaking of rappers, uh, P. Diddy in the next year to me was so, is, is so to me. Ballot. All right, Will Smith is that year also. By the way, to me, P. Diddy as an artist is not a first ballot. Now, as a producer, he's almost like a poor man's Jay Z. Not that he's a poor man's anything because he's a rich man. But um, you know, P. Diddy as an artist really he's getting like, in though. I don't think it's. I don't like. Oh, I agree. He's getting in, but it's not strictly as an artist though. I right. think his overall contribution definitely warrants him getting in. By the way, yeah. you, you mentioned Will Smith, which I thought was funny, but on the, there's like a really good website which whose name I don't have in front of me that has like a list of everyone who's eligible every year. Yeah. And the first name on next year's list or two years list is Adam Sandler. Yeah, I saw that also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, belongs, you know, ta- talking about sort of comedy albums, you know, I, I, he's not going to get in, 
But I just have to say, I think in the '90s, Weird Al Yankovic was very influential. By the, so so the all comic all comedy people uh, love Weird Al. I didn't. I thought he was. Yeah. I always grew up thinking he sucked. No, he and had like a nice every comeback. comedian. Every comedian you like loves him and has him on their podcast and 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 is like a big fan of Weird Al. I don't know where it came from. I, it, to me, I, I don't think he'd ever make it. But it's not the craziest thing you've ever said. Uh, the the next year, Coldplay, I, they suck, but they'll get in. Uh, what about this? My daughter's crying about Coldplay. Um, Britney Spears, twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four. Here's the thing: Manchester. you can't put Britney Spears in before before Mariah. Right? Yeah, but I assume she'll be in. That's the, you're giving her five more years to get in. Well, but Mariah's not in yet. Celine Dion's not in yet. Why would these people? Yeah, I think I, I, Celine Dion it doesn't doesn't exactly uh, rock that. Why why would Celine Dion get in? I don't know. I mean, she had like the biggest song ever. Is she eligible? Yeah, she's eligible. She's not she's on, on any list. of my lists. Yeah, she is. She's on put, the same. She's on the same website you're looking at right now. Oh, but I'm saying I, I she didn't make it my, my So to come back to Weird Al for a second, Randy Newman's in the Hall of yeah. Fame. Randy Newman is sort of yeah, like Yeah, Randy a, Newman. Yeah, he's a similar Yeah, but he's a not slight. a joke writer. He's not a yeah, he's not yeah. he, he writes like He doesn't do light parodies, songs. But he, yeah. No. There's it's, a big difference. Weird Al does other people's music. Exactly. Okay, all right. So Britney in 2024 with Coldplay, uh, the next year White Stripes, the next year uh, Timberlake, Rihanna, and uh, Maroon 5, who we hate, but, you know, I think that they're very popular. So well, I had, a, I had uh, Lauren Hill. I, like, uh, you know, nah. she's not going to show up to the ceremony, but yeah. she's got a chance. 50 Cent, I also, uh, he, yeah, you know, he'll probably get in eventually. Yeah, I don't know. 2027, I have nobody who deserves it as of right now. <laughs> oh, no. Someone's going to have to retroactively get on, you know, start going. Yeah. Uh, 2028, 2028, by the way, has... <laughs> very Everyone knows. Yeah, Everyone knows three... 2028 is very strong rock. Yeah. Oh, no, it is. Beyonce, Amy Winehouse, okay. and Kanye. Now, Kanye that is the, a real, at that that's time... That's a ridiculously strong year. Now, yeah, Amy Winehouse be... has... has uh, listen. Kanye will be wrapping up his second term in the White House that year. Yeah. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. Amy, Amy Winehouse will uh, will still be dead. And Beyonce, hopefully, will be getting ready to run against Kanye's uh, vice president in the 2020 election. I, well, here's... To me, uh, Amy Winehouse... I, I like her, but like there, it's just not. There's not enough. I, 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 you know, dying early is a good career move for getting into the Rock yeah. and Roll Hall of Fame. But I mean, like, Curse I of Twenty Seven did not hurt Hendrix, did not hurt Cobain, did not hurt a whole bunch of these people, right? Janis Joplin. Joplin, yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, you insult Amy Winehouse, you have to go through Jen. So uh, my issue with Amy Winehouse. Why is and, that? And, like she likes Amy Winehouse that much? Yeah, I, I've gotten this fight with her before. Every single Amy Winehouse song sounds exactly the same. She, I mean, she has one famous song. She, history might remember. No, she has she more might than have been remembered song. as a one-hit wonder. No, she yeah, name no, two well, Amy Winehouse songs. The problem is that they all sound the same. Which is the one are you referring to? Rehab, I guess, is probably her yeah, song. She has one song that's famous. Yeah. No, like because I you have to You know what she needs? To... She needs like a biopic that's like that get like the they, She had a bio. What are you talking about? She had one. Really? See, they had a documentary all about her on I think it was on HBO or something. That's a Okay, you don't know the difference between a biopic. I, I mean oh, like Oh, a dramatization. Who's playing Amy Winehouse in the movie? Who do I look like? Bill Simmons? I'm not. All right. All right. Man. Okay. 2029, 2030. And obviously, oh, Zoe Deschanel. Like a very, like, uh, like drug. No, Zoe Deschanel is not, is too, like, <laughs> good and cutesy. That's a bad take. Okay. Um, so 2029, 2030. This is why she's winning an Oscar. Yeah. She's getting gritty. I got nobody in those years. Although, again, you know, these people have another decade to, you know, uh, expand their, their, um, their, their musical imprint. Uh, 2031, everybody hates Taylor Swift, but I mean, she's probably got to be in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, she'll get in eventually, sure. 2032, Adele. Yeah, obviously going to get 20, in, sure. 2033, Lady Gaga. 
Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And if, at a certain point, if you reach yeah. the level of fame, you get in. Yeah, and 2034, we have two huge hip-hop artists, Drake and Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar, everybody, you know, every critic loves, and Drake is, you know, just a, a big enough cultural force. And by then, maybe the Raptors will even have won something. This is, you know... Ooh, 2034. I mean, can you even think 10 years in the future? Like, uh, like who 10 knows? Years. That's 16 years in the future. Oh, 2034. Way, so. just, Justin Bieber comes up on the ballot in 2034. I don't know a single goal. Justin you know Bieber song. Uh, uh, baby, I think I know that song. I don't mm-hmm. understand why he's so famous. My mama don't like you, and she likes everyone. You know I don't know that if that's song? your singing or not, but I don't know what you're doing right there. I, I, listen, I have... Uh, me and right. Justin have identical... And then 2035, and this is the last name on my list, Bruno Mars. Nah. I mean, it's, it's early. Too derivative. I mean, it's well, like with with every other artist. With every other artist, it's like here, you know, here are his influences. With Bruno Mars, it's like here's the, just the people he's talking. Well, well, okay. So here's the problem. So Bruno Mars is the next Michael Jackson, but you know, as we just learned earlier on this podcast, you uh, don't respect Michael Jackson. So okay, the great Michael Jackson respecter has logged on. Yeah, that's what you call a callback. <laughs> All right, Keith. So uh, this was a uh, a podcast about music. Mm. Yeah. I want to do a podcast where, where uh, like, I want to do one podcast for every band. I want to do, like, a podcast called, like, Your Favorite Band, and every week I have someone come on. You would not be part of this. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I mean, you can be if you want, but you don't like music. Um, no, if you take good bands from the 90s or the 80s or the I 70s, love not music on, like, and I love food, and then I do podcasts with you and well, Rob. Let's have Silver Star pickups or some, ra- some random-ass band from, like, the aughts that, that is irrelevant. Yeah, Again, Silver Star pickups. You got it. Uh, is it Silver Sun? What's that band called? Silver Sun. How do you know I like them? <laughs> do you? Yeah, I've uh, been to Silver Sun pickups concert. Oh, I don't know. I was just picking a random band. Right. That I don't care. Their about. drummer's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. I, I like. I really like them. They were. There was a day, a minute where they were my favorite band. Okay, I have eight thousand songs on my iPad, iPod. Once I get keep through those eight thousand, it's like the dorkiest thing anybody no, ever said. I'm just saying, I don't have time for more music because all more music, as it is, I barely get enough chance to listen to music because I have like such a backlog of podcasts to get through. Yeah, do you know what I do? I'd say twice a year, I say no podcast for like I'm five Doughboys behind right now. I say no podcast yeah. and I just go on a crazy music binge. So this listen, is like the I reverse care about of the, the listeners. Three weeks. This is a reverse of the three weeks, basically. Totally. I yeah. nobody gets. I mean, some people get that, but the. Uh, I I'll go on on binges where like for this I respect the listeners so I listen to like one song from almost every artist on this you know in the Hall of Fame whereas you just show that up undercuts blind. the whole concept which is that like the idea is not that an artist has one good song it's that it's the whole body of work yeah but if your best song stinks then you should just wrap it up yeah I mean I got an argument with once with somebody uh, probably you would say this actually you probably don't like Bob Dylan. No, I do like Bob Dylan. Okay, oh, geez, really. okay, Keith. So I will be back. We'll be back next week to talk about I don't know soccer or something. Yeah, world. We're picking favorite World Cup teams. We're picking a, a World Cup team to root for. Since why can't the United States like buy a spot in the World Cup? Why don't we just make our own like us in Italy? Make our own tournament. No one's talking. They tried. They tried. Yeah. I, yeah. They with Italy. I mean, there's a lot of good teams. There's no Netherlands. Yeah. Oh, the, oh, that's too bad. That's my favorite. That's one of the teams I always root for. Yeah. I feel like they were owed a title in the 70s, and so I want them, you know. I mean, they're never going to get it now, obviously. Netherlands are due. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Keith. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Came from Nashville with a suitcase
suitcase in her hand She says she'd like to meet a boy who looks like Elvis And she walks along the edge of where the ocean meets the land Just like she's walking on a wire in a circus She parks her car outside of my house and takes her clothes off Says she's close to understanding Jesus And she knows she's more than just a little misunderstood She has trouble acting normal when she's nervous Right here Carving out our names Right here We all look the same Right here we talk just like lives But we sacrifice like lambs Round here She's slipping through my hands
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.